Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. October 16. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. 2020 is just flying by. I know everybody feels that way. I mean, it's just like just yesterday. It was, well, October 15th. <laughs> Just yesterday it was. Just just I, last year it was October 15th. We should just, I guess, just be thankful for today, you know, sufficient for the day. <laughs> no kidding. No so kidding. how about we take a little time today and talk about Psalm 7 together? How about about 15 minutes? Okay. Or maybe a little less. Maybe a little less. Psalm 7, <laughs> now that we've wasted so much time with this playful banter, a little less. I don't think it's wasting, though. I think people love the playful banter. <laughs> Psalm 7. I'm Did, playful and you banter. <laughs> I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. Excuse me, the New Living Translation. A Psalm of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush of the tribe of Benjamin. I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Save me from my persecutors. Rescue me. If you don't, they will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done wrong or am guilty of injustice, if I have betrayed a friend or plundered my enemy without cause, then let my enemies capture me. Let them trample me into the ground and drag my honor in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in anger. Stand up against the fury of my enemies. Wake up, my God, and bring justice. Gather the nations before you. Rule over them from on high. The Lord judges the nations. Declare me righteous, O Lord, for I am innocent, O Most High. End the evil of those who are wicked and defend the righteous. For you look deep within the mind and heart, O righteous God. God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is honest judge. He is angry with the wicked every day. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend his and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shooting his flaming arrows. The wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies. They dig a deep pit to trap others, then fall into it themselves. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Man, oh, go ahead. I was going to say backfires on them. I was I was looking for that expression, I think, yesterday when we were talking about that. They dig the pit and they fall into yeah. it. So I, I appreciate these different translations you're reading now. Yeah, though. I almost wish we had read this one yesterday. I know, because we really, it yeah, really that, captures it, doesn't it? Yeah, backfires. those two verses really capture that. I, today I'm thinking a lot more about verse 17 and yeah. uh, the idea that I will thank the Lord because he is just, or as the ESV talks about there, giving thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. Yeah. I think yours says praising God according to his righteousness. Yeah, is I that will praise the I Lord. Yours, the New King James. Yeah, I will praise the Lord. It is the Bible sitting in front of me. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. So I, God is righteous. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I on, think... on the way there, let me just notice uh, there's a there's a kind of beautiful symmetry about the psalm because where it starts is this declaration, O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. I'm going to trust you. And where does it end? I'm going to praise you. 
And this runs through it because of his righteousness, because he is just. God's righteousness, God's justice. I think, though, for me, I I just want to share this. I think I've spent a lot of years misunderstanding God's righteousness. Well, it is a deep, deep spiritual truth. It is. Let me let me lay out for you where I think my misunderstanding has been because I actually think it's a common misunderstanding. When we when I hear righteousness, I somebody says, "Well, what is righteousness?" Well, righteousness is doing what is right. And so I thank God for his righteousness. I'm talking about how he just always does what's right. He always obeys his own law. He's he's holy. Um, but but when I look through the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms and the prophets, mm-hmm. when they declare God's righteousness, and, and yes, God always does what's right. He does the right thing. But it's really the righteousness of God is delineated as something even more specific than that. And that is that God is always faithful to his promises. Oh. God is always faithful to his covenant. And so I, I'll just throw this out. When, when I say, hey, I'm saved by God's righteousness and not mine, I don't mean, and I shouldn't mean, that, well, God was righteous and obeyed the law, and it's his obedience to the law that saves me rather than my obedience, and he just kind of attributes his obedience to me. Mm-hmm. That, that's really not what we see. What we find throughout the Old Testament is when I'm saved by God's righteousness, it's the idea that he keeps his covenant. He lives in, in accordance with who he is and his name. In fact, even here, Right there at the end of Psalm 7, what did it say? I will give thanks according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord. Mm. Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7, declares the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, uh, forgiving trust. Uh, let's see. Giving, keeping steadfast love for thousands, mm-hmm. trying to go back to my memory here, keeping steadfast love for thousands, maybe to the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. There's the name of God. That's what his name is. That's what it means. It's not just YHWH, Yahweh. It's not L-O-R-D. His name is this. This is what it means steadfast love and faithfulness, deliverance, keeping his promises, forgiving sins. That's God's righteousness. It's tied up in his name. So for instance, let me share with you a couple of passages. Psalm 85. Okay. Psalm 85 and verse 10, steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. When we consider this ancient Hebrew poetry and the parallelism in these verses, righteousness and steadfast love are paralleled. Okay. And so the righteousness is not just God does, God obeys the law. It's God does what he says. His love, his faithfulness is steadfast. So we see that righteousness. Yeah. And so God is a deliverer of his people. So God. Like right in Psalm 31. Yeah. Verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. There's a, a lot of overlap in, in theme there and imagery from what we're looking at in Psalm 7. But it's much more compact here because it's all captured in these 
two verses in Psalm 31, verses 1 and 2, reminding us of God who is the righteous deliverer, faithful to his name, faithful to his covenant people, and so he will deliver them. In Psalm 35, you find something very similar. Psalm 35, this time in verse 24, the psalmist says, Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. In other words, God, because you are righteous, because you do what you say, because you keep your covenants, because you keep your promises, you are the God who is merciful and gracious, steadfast love and faithfulness. Vindicate me. Mm -hmm. Bring judgment upon those who are enemies. Yeah. And it comes up again and again uh, in these psalms. Um, you know, we can look again at uh, Psalm 98. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll let you get there. <laughs> I had my finger in the wrong, wrong place. That's okay. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, Psalm 98 and verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Again, this theme of the covenant people in the house of Israel and the Lord making known his righteousness by deliverance, by salvation. Let me share one with you that I have always found shocking. Mm. This is in Daniel. When Daniel, as this kind of representative head of Israel, prays to God for deliverance, he starts, we've got in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 7, he says, To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, and all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. Mm. But then we get down to verse 16. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a word among all who are around us. Now, therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his plea for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Now, here's what's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. In this passage, in this chapter, what Daniel does is equates God's righteousness with mm -hmm. God's mercy. Mm -hmm. By the way, that was one of the things God said about himself. What is his name? A God merciful mm -hmm. and gracious. He says, because of, you know, treat us according to your righteous acts. That one blows my mind because Daniel's saying we are sinners. Right. It would seem that justice and righteousness, as I normally consider it, would mean they need to be judged and condemned. But when Daniel is talking about God's righteousness, he's not talking about always doing, always obedient to the law. He's talking about you always do what you promised. You, you, we are in a covenant relationship with you. This is who you have declared yourself to be. And it's not because we're righteous that I'm asking for this, but because you're righteous, because you do what you say, because you keep your covenants and your promises. Yeah. And... Isn't that what we're seeing in Psalm 7 as well? All of these concepts echoed uh, in Psalm 7 and verse 6. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. God, act. 
act against these enemies. And he even invites a, a judgment upon the God, uh, or excuse me, from God. He is declaring his own righteousness, though, in doing that, or just saying, I'm, I'm not guilty of these things. But in the end, God is worthy to be praised, sing to his name because of this righteousness. He is the Lord Most High. And so we don't have to wait for God to act to deliver me from this situation or that even I see some judgment or, um, you know, justice befall my enemies in my own sight. God is worthy to be praised because of who he is and what he has already done and what he will do. He will do the right thing. He is righteous. His his name is exactly who he is. Both sides of that name, not clearing the guilty. He's going to bring judgment on those who linger in their guilt, who will not return, who will not repent. But he is gracious mm-hmm. and merciful to mm-hmm. his covenant people. What a powerful thing. Psalm 143 is one of my favorites on this, where it says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ears to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. And so I'm pleading for mercy, mm-hmm. and I'm asking you to do this because you're righteous. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mercy is a part of his righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. In other words, because you are righteous, please don't judge me. <laughs> and how, how does that work? How does that work? It's because he's, when he's talking about the righteousness of God, it's not, hey, you always obey your law. It's you always do what you say. This is what you promise for your covenant people who your turn faith. to you. Verses 3 and 4. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He's crushed my life to the ground. He's made me sit in the darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul like, thirsts for you like a parched land. He's saying, I remember all your righteous acts of deliverance. I remember how the covenant that you have made, I remember how you have demonstrated your faithfulness to this covenant again and again and again. So answer me quickly. Verse 7, O Lord, my spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. We're back to the name of the Lord. His righteousness is his steadfast love. For you and in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And here we get to it in 11 and 12. For your name's sake, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, his name, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love, you will cut off my enemies and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. I am your servant. The righteousness of God is this steadfast love and faithfulness that causes him to keep his covenants and his promises. And for that, he deserves thanks. It is so great to talk about a subject like the righteousness of God. There's always another level. There's always another depth to it. And it's an encouraging thing. We're so glad that you've joined us for this conversation today, uh, plumbing the depths a little bit about the righteousness of a God, as Psalm 7 invites us to do. If you're in the Tampa area this weekend, we would love to have you come and worship with us at Livingston. All the information about our assemblies is found at christiansmeethere.org. christiansmeethere.org. It would be a great, great delight to us if you could subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, leave a rating or review. It helps other people find Talk. We just enjoy the, the conversation and the Bible study so much, and we believe other people would enjoy it also. Would you help us with that? Uh, we're going to have a word of prayer now. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this day and for this week. 
that we could be looking at this psalm. Father, today we we are, are just stretched uh, to be thinking about your righteousness. Father, your name and all that entails, your faithfulness and your goodness, how you act to deliver, how you always keep your word. And for your covenant people, Father, what a blessing it is to be in Christ and to be a part of that covenant, to be one of your people. I ask, Father, your blessings and your kindness, that you would act righteously on behalf of all your covenant people this day, and that we would walk faithfully with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.